What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, B and E with you on this foggy Monday morning. Glad you're with us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Plenty of all three in the National Football League yesterday, and certainly the uh, developing story surrounding the Longhorn basketball program and athletic department. Uh, it does appear that Longhorn basketball coach Chris Beard uh, was arrested last night. Uh, violence issues at his home. We will follow that story. Based on what I've heard through the break, I would anticipate maybe a statement from the program and or the university in short order. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, at this point, still not confirmed, but the appearance not would good. That be Sunday, would that be Monday morning? It would have been four what? hours ago. Monday morning. Yes. So 12, 20, today is the uh, the 22nd of Dece- or the 12th of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yes, this the arresting, um, the, the booking report we've seen. Uh, was for 4:18 this morning, so that's something we'll watch. Obviously, not confirmed, but it doesn't look good at this point for the second-ranked Longhorn basketball team and their head coach. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that story as it happens and unfolds this morning. Longhorns scheduled and, and will play the Rice Owls tonight, seven o'clock at Moody Center. Uh, they did win on Saturday, so that story is uh, something we're keeping our eyes on. Obviously, and would be an ugly is an ugly story without a doubt, uh, and. Would will have if if confirmed and true will have uh, ramifications as far as the Longhorn basketball team that it will without a doubt and his job if that's if that is true well if it's domestic violence and it's a strangulation situation as the report says and if that is Chris Beard right we don't want to be reckless with this story right but at the same time all appearances are that that's what the situation is but we will not uh, rush to judgment on it but yes that would be a major situation for Jay Hartzell and the university leadership to uh, handle and deal with but. Uh, uh, that's how we start our Monday. Somebody just texted and said, you know what? I'm going to go right back to bed. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> going back to sleep like it never <laughs> happened. Huh? Morning. Like it yeah. never happened. I mean, Let's it's... start all over again. Yeah. Well, there was times during the Cowboys game yesterday where you wanted oh. to say, hey, can we go back to bed? Can we start this game over? Let's get to the headlines. The other trending topics of your busy Monday. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. Yeah, we'll start in the National Football League in that battle for Lone Star State bragging rights. Uh, a lot closer than expected Sunday afternoon as the Cowboys stumbled and bumbled their way into an absolute dogfight with the one-win Houston Texans through three-and-a-half quarters. Uh, Cowboys, of course, a 17-point favorite to begin the game. They were trailing 23-20 to in the fourth quarter. That's when the dogfight nearly turned into a calam- calamitous situation for Dallas. Dak Prescott threw his second interception of the game. Texans DB Tremont Smith picked it off, returned it to the Cowboys' four-yard line. With 5.37 to go, a touchdown would have put Houston up 10. Instead, the Cowboys' defense stiffened and stopped Houston on four straight plays inside the five-yard line. He did a big fourth down stuff at the two. Dak Prescott then took off his rough day, drove the Cowboys 98 yards in 11 plays. Zeke Elliott capped it off uh, from the two-yard line. In the gun, Prescott snapped back, handoff, Elliott driving, pushing, touchdown! Ezekiel Elliott head for the kettle. No, fakes the kettle. Says, I'm not getting the fine. I'm just taking the touchdown. 
There you go. Uh, Cowboys get the win. 27-23. They're 10-3 and on the year. Houston falls to 1-11-1. Cowboys still looking up at the Philadelphia Eagles. They absolutely crushed the New York Giants in uh, New Jersey yesterday, 48-22. The MVP frontrunner Jalen Hurts threw a couple of touchdowns, ran for another. Miles Sanders over 150 yards rushing in two scores. Eagles now 11-12-1. Uh, also in the NFC yesterday, how about the uh, San Francisco 49ers? They obliterate Tom Brady and the Buccaneers 35-7. Uh, Brock Purdy, the rookie, looking good in his first start. Uh, they may have lost wide receiver Debo Samuel, though, uh, for a little while. He suffered a high ankle sprain, according to Kyle Shanahan in that game. Surging Lions smacked down the first-place Vikings in Detroit, 34-23. Carolina shocked the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle with a win there. Over in the AFC, first-place Buffalo uh, beat the New York Jets in a big win, 20-12. Cincinnati won their fifth straight. They beat Cleveland, 23-10. Jacksonville took down first-place Tennessee in Tennessee, 36-22. Baltimore beat Pittsburgh. That game saw lifetime Lawhorn Justin Tucker become the Ravens' all-time leading scorer. KC held off the Broncos in Denver. Sunday night football last night. Chargers down the Dolphins 23-17. College football over the weekend. If you missed it, USC's Caleb Williams did win the Heisman Trophy on Saturday night in New York. Max Duggan of TCU finished second in that voting. It was a busy weekend of high school football. How about uh, Vandergriff? Congratulations to the Vipers and the Wimberley Texans. Both teams have advanced to the state championship games this weekend in Arlington. Vipers move on in the 6A Division II uh, bracket uh, to the title game with a dramatic 38-35 win over Katy on Saturday at the Alamo Dome. Uh, they'll face DeSoto at AT&T Stadium on Saturday for the championship. The undefeated Wimberley Texans advance to the 4A Division II championship game with a 42-36 win over Cuero. They're going to face top-ranked Carthage for the championship on Friday morning, 11 a.m. at AT&T Stadium. Weekend also saw the end of Westlake's incredible run. Shaps fell to Galena Park North Shore, 49-34. Shaps lost their first game in 54 tries. They will not play for a fourth straight state championship. Liberty Hill will also uh, their season come to an end. They lost to PNG Port Natchez Groves on Friday, 42 to 14. Busy weekend over the uh, over the over on the 40 acres in hoops. Texas men's basketball team bounced back from their first loss. They beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. They're going to play Rice tonight at seven o'clock. Texas women uh, beat down Alabama State 107-54 yesterday at Moody Center. And congratulations to that top-seeded Texas volleyball team, Jared Elliott and his team. They advanced to the Final Four. Uh, the volleyball tournament to the top overall seed. It's their 14th all-time trip to the Final Four of their 10th in the last 15 seasons. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Get 5% off purchases and 10% off rentals by donating a new unwrapped toy for Foster Village at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, yeah, developing story, which we will follow. A lot of people asking questions that uh, we don't have answers to at this point uh, other than what we've said. And so that's how that story will develop on live radio this morning. Um, yeah, you you can probably find as much information as we do, as we see. Well, we know uh, all of the sites and papers and people are digging on that story. I have had a little bit of confirmation from someone, but uh, university aware of the situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously I say it uh, could be a statement to, to come. But it doesn't look like it was a good night for Chris Beard, no. the Longhorn basketball coach. Uh, so that story will be updated as it's needed. And the Mike Leach story as well. We'll follow that. That one. Somebody texted. I did not see this part of the story that he was airlifted to the hospital. Yeah, that's. I heard by ambulance yesterday. Dude, that sounds like heart attack or stroke. It does. And I, I did see some, and again, these are texts talking about, you know, prayers for Mike Leach. It doesn't look good. Those kind of things. You know, critical situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll you know, the, the prayers are going out, obviously, for Mike Leach. And I did see some some tweets of people who were just with Mike Leach at a Christmas party. Uh, like on Saturday, 
and then this story developed on Sunday and into Sunday evening. So you know that very well, Buck. That's how quickly things can Oh, that changes in a hurry. You can be feeling good in one second. That's why it's uh, good to get checked up, guys and gals, but especially for you guys. All the time. You have an opportunity to be checked before that new year comes, and it starts as soon as the new year comes, get checked again. It's that time. It is. Well, it can happen quick, and yes, especially it if it's a, as you've seen but, and lived, Buck, with, with a stroke it. or yes. something. I mean, it can come on quickly and, uh, you know, before it's too late. Look, we also saw, I mean, this is this is kind of a weird morning now with the, with the Chris Beard story developing and the Mike Leach story. And, uh, gosh, on Friday, the Grant Wall story, the journalist who suddenly passed away at the World Cup over in Qatar. That story is going to be developing this week. And, he, you know, a 49-year-old guy who had been critical of the government there in Qatar and critical of other things and, you know, a normally suddenly, you know, pretty healthy guy 10 days ago all of a sudden is, you know, in cardiac arrest in the in the press area, uh, and now he's lost. He, he passed, obviously, tragic, and, you know, could be just like we're talking about. Yeah, he know. was getting over some uh, congestion stuff, too. Well, he thought, he, yeah, he told his family he thought he had bronchitis when yeah. he got there. Well, now the family is the one that is doubting that the most, that they are concerned that something was going on, and they want to, to assure that his phone, his cell phone comes back with him and that they, the you know, United sure. America gets his body. Uh, before anybody else does, as far as the embassy there, and uh, they're they're the ones calling the biggest question uh, of of something because look, foul play is cannot be ruled out. Now it can't be thrown around loosely. You can't say without some evidence. But at the same time, a guy who had been critical of that that uh, government and you know had been open about it, he wore a uh, his brother is gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a rainbow. And he wore a, an, a, t-shirt. a rainbow T-shirt. And so all that is being assessed. And, again, it's much like all of them, they're, as we get official confirmation. But the uh, the family, the one, I think, this isn't just like media folks and people speculating. This is his family who are concerned that something, a foul, may have happened there in Qatar. So that story will be followed, which will overshadow whatever's going on at the World Cup. Because I did watch that France and England match was unbelievable. Uh, I still can't believe Harry Kane didn't make that penalty shot. Oh, I know. Unbelievable. Just airmailed that. that uh, Where are we going with the Moroccans? Come on, Ty. How about Morocco? It's not happening. Argentina's about to straighten all this all out now. And my guy's gone. Ronaldo, where is he gone? Did you see him weirdly crying? It was like a laugh cry. Which one? Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, well, he knows that's his end of his international career, most well, likely, right? It didn't look like he. It looked like it's plastic surgery was his, affecting oh, his ability to cry. What? You think he was faking it too? Maybe. No, I don't think he's. I just think his tear ducts don't don't work. I had so much done. <laughs> oh, has he had work done? Bucky likes his no, quads. No, he does I know not. That. There's nothing wrong with him. Just fine. Well, they're out. They're out, and he's probably done internationally. Yes, they're done. See ya, Morocco. Aren't they, I think they're the first uh, African nation into mm-hmm. the final, the semifinals they ever, are. ever. Um, uh, pretty interesting. All right. So, uh, you know, as far as official confirmation, I now have got the first story on three sports. Our friends at Inside Texas with a story that according to records from the Travis County Sheriff's Office, Texas men's basketball coach Chris Beard was arrested early this morning, 418 here in Austin, for assault on a family or household member. Uh, he's also apparently preventing the victim uh, from breathing, it says Beard was booked with a third-degree felony. So, 
that story there. Statesman is now confirmed, and our buddy Jeff Howe just texted me to say that uh, Horns 24-7 will have a story up shortly confirming the story. The 49-year-old, of course, in his second season as the head coach of the Longhorns. So, uh, I mean, I think the next step, obviously, is that, you know prayer for his family and uh, his family member who was involved in that situation. Yep. And then it's going to be Jay Hartzell and Chris Del Conte, I'm assuming, that will have a statement uh, in short order on this story. And I would assume almost certainly that Chris Beard will not be on the bench tonight when the Longhorns play the Rice Owls. Yes. I don't think that's going to happen. Way to blow it. I mean, mean, it's a bigger thing than this season and this team. But at the same time, that's, uh, you know, he's a prominent member of the Longhorn Athletic Department. And that is uh, a story that has all kinds of ugly ramifications and storylines to it. That you know, those are the things we can't comment on because all we know is that he was arrested for domestic violence. It's called assault on a family household member, third degree felony, and as we said, he was booked um, apparently preventing the victim from breathing. I would so say that's, that's probably called choking. Yes, that's another word. Is that the other word for choking? Yeah, I mean, mm. you know, well, however you were, but that's uh, that's obviously his wife. Uh, I would assume, and so that story will develop this morning. That's sad. It is. Sad story for sure. And will be a major story. Uh, you know, I, you know, the, the, he has been booked. No, I mean, the charges, you know, the, the arrest was made. He was booked into, into custody. And now the next steps will be what charges are formally pressed. Right. Uh, that will become the next phase of that. Uh, obviously, how, how serious are the charges? Because the booking is for a third-degree felony. Um, the next step, who knows where that goes. And at that point, you know, I'm, I'm assuming the university will come out with a statement For that sure. says we are aware of the situation, we're monitoring the situation, and I would guess there will be a suspension until more is known kind of thing. But uh, not a good story this morning no, for Texas not. basketball. Uh, for sure. That is uh, the story of the morning now for the Longhorns and for and for us. But uh, that's the latest, according to records. And the statesman now with the confirmation we can now confirm it here at the Horn because I've heard from multiple people from our staff that, yes, it is indeed that Chris Beard. Christopher Michael Beard, 49 years old. Uh, so we'll keep you posted as it happens. As for the uh, the Cowboys yesterday, Buck, we've talked a lot about the NFL and where the Cowboys reside in it. Uh, one game should not put a damper down. Somebody gave us a, sent a nice text that really put, for me, where, where the NFL is week to week. Remember the week my son got married? That was the Sunday that the Cowboys obliterated your Minnesota Vikings 40-3 yes. to in the Eagles struggled with the Indianapolis Colts, and Indianapolis had to score a late touchdown to win that ball game and survive. Um, I think you can say this is very similar to that, that um, you know, Cowboys did not play a good game, and they won it, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters right Meanwhile, now. Meanwhile, the Eagles, were looking like, Eagles and 49ers were looking like complete steamrollers in their performances over the uh, Giants and the Buccaneers. So, yeah, we can take from that that uh, Cowboys have to play better than yeah, that. Yeah, that Giants-Philadelphia game, that's a big rivalry right there, too. For those two teams, and the Philadelphia is going in in a direction that it looks like they, they as soon as the the ball is kicked, they start playing football. They jump out from the start, and and to say the Cowboys have been lackluster the, the last two starts, the starts of the game, they have been. They just have. Yeah, again, the the Colts game ended up fifty four to nineteen or whatever it was, but they were it was twenty one nineteen going to the fourth quarter, and the Cowboys just avalanched them in the fourth. Um, but were you looking for that yesterday, Ty? The Cowboys all of a sudden to score, twenty, you know, four touchdowns in the fourth quarter or three. No, I, I honestly thought that I, I thought it would be a closer game than the spread indicated. I didn't think it would be that, that close. close. But um, you know, Anthony Brown being out, that was a bigger deal 
than I thought it would be. Kelvin Joseph, I don't think he's an NFL starting caliber. Yeah, that's a problem, too, and that's where the injury yes. to uh, uh, Anthony Brown's a problem. Uh, they don't, I mean, this is the time of year where you can't just, you can't find good players. You got to go right. with what you've got. And, you know, even the Cow, even the Houston Texans with Davis Mills, who had been benched for two weeks coming back, he was able to pick on Kelvin Joseph. And remember, the Cow, the Texans didn't start their top two receivers. I mean, they didn't start Brandon Cooks, who's, he wanted to be traded, and that didn't happen. That's kind of a storyline to that game where he wanted, you know, he's almost a cowboy, Brandon Cooks, and now he's not playing for Houston. And then Nico Collins didn't start in the game, yet, you know, Davis Mills threw for 175 yards. Jeff Driscoll threw for another 40. And it was guys like, uh, gosh, Chris Moore. Chris Moore was abusing them yesterday over 100 yards. And by the way, if you're a Texans fan, you wonder why Lovey Smith didn't challenge. I mean, that was a really close play at the goal line on the third down play from the two that, you know, as he kind of wound his way in, it was it was almost bang, bang. The fact that they called it down at the one probably would have stood. But if you're a fan, you're like, man, come on, challenge that. Make them look at it. At least take a – and give yourself a little more time to call the fourth down play. Uh, that was my frustration with Lovey Smith among all among yeah, a lot it, of them. Yeah, it just seemed – the NFL is just a week-to-week deal. Right. And except for when you're playing the Philadelphia Eagles right now. And it looks and it's starting to look like that for the San Francisco 49ers. It's not a week to week deal. It's you're about to get your ass kicked yeah. when you play these teams. But you know, we were just talking about the New York Football Giants four weeks ago about how good they are and their coaches. Dude, that group right there is pathetic. Right now, again, which group? The, the Giants. Giants. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they. It felt like when they had the the pretty gaudy record at five and one and six and two that they were over their skis. We said. I mean, they're just. They're not that good, yet they're finding ways to win. Right. And Brian Dayball is going to be coach of the year because he's, he's like, you know, squeezing as much out of this roster as he can. And that's how I feel about the Lions. I know they beat my Minnesota Vikings, which I picked. The, I picked the Lions to win this week, but I, I, I think feel, they're the same. I feel the obvious opposite of the. Oh, Lions. you feel like they're they're gaining momentum? Oh my gosh! I mean, I think the Lions have firepower. I think the I mean, the Giants don't scare you because they don't have anybody to throw to, and Saquon Barkley's not a hundred percent, and he's their only weapon. The opposite is true of the Detroit Lions, who I know are five and seven, but they're going to be favored in their last four games. And I think they're six and seven, the Lions are. Jared Goff threw for 330 yards yesterday. He's throwing to Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown, who's going to be an all pro. Um, you know, DJ Chark stepped up, had a big game yesterday. And remember, um, you know, they Jared Goff was turning the ball over like crazy when they were losing. He's not turning the ball over now. He had no picks. Well, he's getting pass protection for one thing. They're just playing a lot better. And, you know, I, we, if you watched them on Hard Knocks, you kind of root for Detroit and Dan Campbell, and you call them the fighting Dan Campbells. I, to me, they're the opposite of the Giants. They have more talent on their roster, especially on their offense, and they're actually starting to put it together. Giants were winning kind of with mirrors, the smoke and mirrors. I think the, the Washington Commanders are the same way, right? And, and, you know, they're just, and they just, those two played to a tie uh, the week previous. I, I think both of those teams are the same. I think uh, I think the Lions have a little bit of substance to them. That win over, I do not think the win. You think over, they're making the playoffs? I think they can. Well, I think if they okay, they, the the for the Detroit Lions, they're six and seven. They play a big game this week with the Jets. If they can win that game, and again the Jets, I mean their defense is really good, but their offense is bad, yeah. and they keep taking injuries. And they got their big guy on defense hurt too. Yes, their best defensive player Williams, got hurt yesterday out yeah. for the year, Quinn Williams. And think about this: the next four games for Detroit are the Jets. Carolina, Chicago, Green Bay. And the Green Bay game is at Green Bay. So those are all – it's the NFL, so they're winnable and losable. Sure. But if the, if the Lions keep playing the way they are, 
and I think they'll be favored in a majority of those games. I think they can be in the mix for the NFC's playoffs because someone's got to make it. Well, we know they're not going to be favored at Green Bay. I don't care what they do from this point on. If they win every game up to that game, they're not going to be favored to beat the Green Bay Packers. I know the Green Packers Bay. are a mess, right? I mean, those are all very winnable games for Detroit. And that point of that is, if they were to win those four games with with uh, Dan Campbell, they'd be ten and seven, and they'll be in the playoffs. And I think they'll be a team that will give some teams trouble. Giants right now they're in oh, the playoffs. Yeah, I don't, but can they not, hold on? No, I don't know. I don't think so. They just have so little firepower uh, offensively. And Daniel Jones and now Saquon's just kind of beat up. And he just doesn't look as, as sharp as he did earlier in the year. And that's what a long season does. But the, the Eagles and the 49ers, I mean, both looked great yesterday. That, that, that 49ers performance, there was, I mean, if you saw the buildup on Fox, I mean, it was Tom Brady. I, I did not know this, but it was, that's only the second time Tom Brady has played back home in his whole career. Mm-hmm. Back in San Francisco, not far from where he grew up. And he had to get like over 100 tickets for friends and family. So you knew that was a game that the Buccaneers were amped up for to play for their buddy and play for their quarterback. And they got ambushed. I mean, that was tallywhacked. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey was great. Brock Purdy was great. The defense continues to be gangbusters. Uh, I'm just and, not imagining Brock Purdy throwing the ball with pressure in his face like that. He's a little dude. I mean, he's getting pressure, E. He's throwing dimes, and the guys are right in his face. He's letting it go. And he's not getting it batted down, Dak. Yeah, absolutely. Now that uh, Look, the NFC looks pretty clear. I think the Lions are a team to watch. I think the Vikings are kind of fool's gold at this yes. point. Uh, your Vikings. But they're talented. I mean, Justin Jefferson had 223 receiving yards yesterday. He's still ridiculous. Uh, best receiver Man. in football. Uh, so the Vikings are, you know, can be, but that was that was not a good performance for them yesterday. But it's a week to week league. Cowboys had the, give you know, this is one of those where the Cowboys, it would have been a much different conversation on a Monday had the Cowboys lost that game if the if the Texans had stuck it Instead in. Said it was a great comeback, ninety eight yards. That was fantastic. Yeah, you take that and run with it as a as a uh, as a W. You're now ten wins, three losses with you know four to play. The biggest coming this week in Jacksonville. Do not sleepwalk on the Jacksonville Jags, and it's a classic look-ahead game because we know what the next game is. It's the Philadelphia Eagles in Arlington on Christmas Eve. Uh, this Jacksonville team, you know, they're they're streaky. They'll you know the the since they're young and, and an inexperienced team with a first-year coach. Yeah, team preparing for the future. They're going to be up and down, yep. but you better bring your game to Jacksonville because Trevor Lawrence will get hot and all of a sudden, you know, he finds some confidence and now you're. You're playing a, a young group with young legs that uh, once you give them confidence, what they did to Houston yesterday, the fumbled, the muff punt, the interception by Dak, the short fields they gave Houston allowed the Texans to start to believe a little bit, get some momentum. That's exactly what you don't want We don't need them do. believing. Well, that's exactly. When you're the better team, that's what you don't want, right? I mean, the right. Eagles never let the Giants believe yesterday. No, no they kept the, them down. The Niners supposed never. To and I'll say this, even though they had held on, the Chiefs did the same thing in Denver. I mean, you just kind of you know snatch – any confidence away from them because you're the better team and you know everything plays in. You give a team confidence like that, then all of a sudden you're you're fighting for your lives, and that's what you know the, the Cowboys did yesterday. And if you're not careful, Jackson because Jacksonville's better than Houston. I know they played to a tie this year, and Houston beat Jacksonville, but Jacksonville's better than the Texans as far as talent goes. All right, there's some NFL. Yes, we're keeping our eyes on the Chris Beard situation. Uh, you know, we're, we'll, we'll be consistent, innocent until proven guilty. He has been arrested. He has been booked. And that story will obviously be a massive one 
uh, today and, and into this week here for the Longhorn Athletic Department. That is a story we will follow. But as far as rush to judgments and – Somebody's gonna, rushing to judgments. Right. When you get booked in there, it's public knowledge. This Correct. Is, a, is, is this something new that this person is wondering about? Why is it public knowledge? It is. Once you get booked. Yeah, it's freedom of information, yeah. and it's there. Point being, though, he is innocent until proven guilty. Correct. It's been arrested and booked into the Travis County Sheriff's Office, and so that's where that story stands as far as facts go. And, yes, uh, as it proceeds, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be a good week for Chris Beard and the Longhorn basketball team. We hope the best for his family member who was involved in that situation. It's true. Come back. We will hit your uh, your flex segment. We're going to talk to, you know, there are two local teams going to play for a state championship this weekend. We already spoke to one of them earlier this morning, Drew, Drew uh, Sanders, the head coach of the Vandergriff Vipers. We'll talk to the head coach of the other team that's headed to Arlington this weekend to keep on playing. Also, Craig Way has his report, Salacious Gossip, and your Blitz, all part of a busy Monday. BNA with you on a Monday. Normal course of the Monday took a pretty dramatic turn this morning. Appears about 4:18 when Chris Beard, the Longhorn head basketball coach, was booked into the Travis County Sheriff's Office for uh, domestic abuse. It appears, but uh, according to the latest, Austin police spokesman Brandon Jones uh, says it's alleged that Beard uh, strangled a person at his home in Terrytown. Officers responded to a disturbance, urgent call at 2:07 this morning. And booked at 418. Uh, he is still, he has not gone through the bond process yet, Buck, so still behind bars mm-hmm. uh, this morning. So that story will develop. And obviously, uh, it's always, you know, we, we've done this long enough to know that uh, there are two sides and we hear you. You know, people that want the rush to judgment of what are they going to do and fire the guy. And we this don't and know that. that. Nobody knows. Right. To the ones that are saying, which we are going to do. I just hope, every, hope everybody's okay. I hope the, person, right. the other person involved is okay. And clearly this story will have more information at noon than it does right now. It'll have more information at sure. 5 o'clock this afternoon than it does right now. And right now that's what we have. So yes. that's the story. And obviously it's no by no means good news. And it's a bad situation at his house, and uh, that story will develop. Uh, but also, there are good situations on a good, bad, and ugly Monday, without a doubt, including the Cowboys with a comfort-behind win. Uh, the Longhorn women's volleyball team headed to the Final Four for the 14th time. How about Jared Elliott's team? They've gone 10 of the last 15 years, and they are, I think, according to most volleyball experts, the prohibitive favorites to win the national championship so. with uh, Logan Eggleston and uh, Asia O'Neill and just... A dominant volleyball team. Also, on the good side of things, two local teams are headed to play for a state championship. Uh, the final weekend of high school football is coming up, and two local teams going. Last hour, we talked to Vandergriff head coach Drew Sanders, and that's going to lead us into the second conversation of the morning. Let's hit the flex. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, so it is flex time, and that takes us to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He is the head coach of the undefeated Wimberley Texans, who beat Cuero 42-36 to on Friday afternoon. Uh, and they are on to the state championship game this weekend to play Carthage, the number one team in uh, 4A. Uh, he joins us this morning. Coach Warren, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing good, Coach. Doing good. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Coach, why so close? Why such a close score? Why so close? Why are you guys keeping it so tight now? Well, I mean, heck, 
if we're going to drive down to the Alamo Dome and, and pay for parking and high-dollar tickets, we're not going to give everybody their money's worth, right? You did. Hey, listen, I mean, your team, uh, you know, it's funny how I saw our, our man Snoop did some interviews with your guys on the field after the win and, uh, you know, talk about how they're always doubted and always the underdog and Quero was favored in that game by a lot of people and then your group got down 14-7 to early but just kept on playing, outscored Quero 11-6 to in the fourth and win it. What, what is it about the resiliency of this team that kind of finds a way to get the win no matter what the situation, Coach? I tell you what, man. Th- this team is is special in that regards, and that they just believe uh, in each other, believe in these coaching staff and the things that we do, and and never believe that they're out of a game. And they just keep fighting. We talked at halftime. We were down, you know, ten or so at halftime, and just said, hey, you know, when, in big games like this, you just got to win win plays. Just win a play. That's all you got to concentrate on. Just win a play. And if you start stringing enough of those together. Uh, then, then uh, you can win big games like that, and that's what we did. You know, kids came out in the second half and and really set the tone and just kind of flipped the momentum uh, and got it back on our side, and and then just uh, got after them. You know, coach, we we just got through talking to Drew Sanders this morning over at Vandegrift, and you know, I talked to him about what's been building there at Vandegrift and how he's had to build his culture. You have had culture built for a number of years right now, and it's got to be satisfying to you to see what this culture is like. Uh, over at Wimberley for the Texans and what you've been doing and building towards. So I, I don't think it's a surprise to you how good your football team has been over the last couple of years. This is just a culmination of how you build culture and what you're looking forward to each and every year. You're exactly right. You know, it's something that we strive for, and, and uh, it's just the expectations, you know, that you set forth. And, and if you, you know, if you never talk about, winning a state championship mm-hmm. or playing in that, then how do, how are you, how are you going to achieve that? You know, so that's the goal that we always have around here. We talk about being physical and, and being the most physical football team on the field. And, and so we preach that and live that these kids have really bought into it. And then once again, this community, man, that's just the, the standards of this community and really not just athletics, but everything we do, man, we just, you know, we want to be the best at it. And then, and so when you have all those factors going in your favor, then really good things can happen to you. Doug Warren, head coach of the undefeated Wimberley Texans, and uh, yeah, that beautiful community there in Wimberley, Texas. And we met you, Coach, uh, right after the flood of 15, and uh, uh, here you are still building this thing. And you know how resilient that, that community is because of things like you like that that you've seen. Tell me about this uh, this defense, because you mentioned you guys were down double digits at the half and held Cuero to nine points in the second half, uh, three in the third quarter, six in the fourth. And, I mean, you know, if you're down that like that, your defense has to get stops. What is it about that side of the ball that uh, gives you a chance this week against Carthage? Well, you know, our, the nickname of our defense has been Code Red. It's been around here for a long time. And these these kids, uh, they, they just take to that, and they believe in that. We understand that if you want to uh, win championships, that, man, you have to play great defense. Uh, we, we know that, especially at the high school level. And, and once again, these kids, just they buy into it. They love uh, getting to the football. They love, you know, being physical with teams. And, and, uh, and, and they just they trust the coaching staff and, and do what we ask them to do and just go out and execute. They don't worry about the score. Uh, any of that, if they're up behind, doesn't matter. They just go play each play and try to be the best they can be. And, and like I said, when you do that, then good things can happen to you. You know, it's always been kind of next man up for you. I mean, every group, every group goes through obstacles during the course of the year, but you started out with some obstacles, and uh, your guys just found a way to get it done, Coach. You're right. You're right. We had some uh, 
you know, a little adversity. I guess people thought it was adversity anyway at the, back during the summer when we lost a couple of players. But, uh, uh, you know, we knew what we had coming up behind them. And so even though, you know, people outside the program didn't, we knew how special these kids could be. Uh, and, and they've just uh, taken through that and, and, like I said, just next man up. Uh, and, and really we, just, we don't try to put a lot on each one. You know, just go out and execute the, the things that we ask you to do, which is pretty simple. And, and to do it at the best of your ability at a, at a high level. Uh, while we mentioned defense, and Bucky, you saw about the quarterbacks, right? You had to find a quarterback to start the year, and the sophomore Cody Stover has really stepped in. He's on our all-flex uh, finalist list as a sophomore. He threw for 120 yards on Friday and then ran for another 110. Speak to what he's brought to your offense and your, uh, your bell cow running back, Johnny Ball, who had another huge game, almost 200 yards rushing. Those two guys are really carrying the, carrying the ball. Well, you know, Cody... Uh, stepped into the starting role, uh, you know, right at the first of the season. And and really it's just, uh, you know, the thing about him, just an ultimate competitor, uh, hates to lose, and he is such a great leader. And it's tough for a young kid, a young sophomore, to step in and lead a varsity football team. But, man, he do, he does this. He does it. And he uh, these kids take to him and, and love his competitiveness and his edge, uh, and they feed off that. And he's not afraid uh, to lead this team. And that's pretty special about a young kid. And then – like I said, you know, you got Johnny Ball, and he's rushed for, you know, over 500 yards in the last, you know, two games uh, alone. And so he's such a special running back. He's a, he's a huge load. I mean, he's 210, 215 uh, coming at you. Uh, he's got great speed, great vision, great balance. But uh, he, he doesn't mind punishing you, uh, you know, as well when he gets to the point of attack. And, and that, that wears on defenses. Uh, and I, th- I thought last uh, Friday that wore on uh, Quero a little bit, man, late in the game uh, when he's picking up steam. You know, there's some guys that, that uh, didn't really want to tackle that big boy coming at him. <laughs> well, I mean, and your guys got – I mean, Johnny Ball's got to go to school on Monday. I mean, he's got to go to school. They have to play school there in Wimberley. So this isn't – you don't get two or three days to recoup. you got to get right back and go to class on Monday, right? That's exactly right. Well, in fact, right now, you know, he's in the weight room right now. Got athletics going on, and he's in the weight room. Uh, getting ready for this week, you know. Uh, there's no, you don't take any days off. You just, you just got to get right back and ready to go and, and go at it again. Coach, good to hear you. I know you're going to be on with Craig as well today for all the Wimberley Texans fans out there. Craig Way will have you in the 11 o'clock hour to talk more and look forward to Carthage, uh, which will be a huge challenge. You know that, but your guys won't back down, and we're excited for you and rooting for the Wimberley Texans uh, to go get a state title on Friday up in Arlington. Thank you, Coach. Good luck, Coach. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. There it is, Doug Warren, head coach at Wimberley, two local teams. And it's interesting, we talked to Drew Sanders and Coach Warren and both talked about their quarterbacks, right? Braden Buchanan, uh, the baseball player, the commit to Baylor, who's going, and and this kid, Cody Stover, the ultimate competitors, both said, that refuse to lose. And Dude, Johnny Ball has had quite a couple of weeks. He I has, mean, two running back. Half a grand. It's one of those things when you see it, uh, you know, Sam Ellinger had it. And so you played with Sam, Ty, uh, Ty Henderson, our producer. There's just a an infectious thing that the the, the quarterback and Braden Buchanan, who's he's done, he's not really getting recruited for football, Buck. He's getting recruited for baseball. He's a catcher, but man, he threw for 400 and some odd yards against uh, Mighty Katie on on Saturday. I mean, these guys. And as I said to Coach Sanders, Coach Sanders, I saw him at this seven on seven, and on a blazing hot day. I mean, middle of July, they're doing seven on seven, and Braden Buchanan would not let his team lose that game. I mean, I know it was seven on seven, but it was to qualify to go to the state right. tournament, and they were playing Dripping Springs, and he knew Austin Novosad was on the other side, and it was as competitive as it gets. I mean, it was. I don't know, we're not tackling, but you could just see the intensity 
from the from Buchanan, and and it's you know, and I think the same thing we're hearing about Cody Stover at Wimberley. Uh, it takes a team, uh, but you got to have a leader. You got to have someone who pulls the trigger and is the uh, the general there. Seems like both of those teams absolutely have it. Uh, this year. Now, they have a culture of winning in Wimberley. I mean, they just, you know, year in, year out, e, that's, that's not something that they're, you know, they, they, they build on it each and every year, but they have what they want already etched in stone of the way they're going to practice, the way they're going to, you know, go about whoever they play. It doesn't really, really matter. They just have a standard to the way they play. That's right. That's right. And uh, Carthage will be favored in that game. Carthage oh, is the number one oh, team, yeah. and they're a powerhouse. Year in, year Texas. out. So that'll be a, an interesting game. Of course, Vandergriff will play. Uh, Important DeSoto. for Vandergriff because they're, they're building their culture. He That's continues. their first trip to the state championship yes. for Coach Sanders. We come back only 14 years as a, as a program. We come back, load up the blitz. Obviously, yes, the Chris Beard story will continue to develop and follow as it does. Obviously not good news, uh, to say the least there. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the busy weekend. First, here's Craig Wack. It's Bucky and Aaron. A little uh, programming change this morning. We are not going to have a blitz today. Air on the side of caution, letting you people loose on this story this morning probably would not end well. No. Uh, I think we could probably predict where the blitz calls would there go. There is no doubt. There is I will no also doubt. say there is breaking news, was as expected. I, I told you at 8 o'clock, expect a statement from the university at some point this hour, and that has come uh, as university through Scott McConnell, who is the SID for basketball, uh, and a statement from UT says the university is aware of the situation regarding Chris Beard. We are continuing to gather information and monitoring the legal process. So as expected, a two-sentence statement from the university, and that's where it stands. Obviously, all stemming from an arrest at 418 this morning at uh, Chris Beard's Terrytown home on a third-degree felony charge of... uh, um, Assault on a, on family slash household member impede breath circulation is what the uh, the booking uh, arrest is. He has not gone through the bond process yet. There will be more information gleaned through that, and uh, we'll see where this goes from there. But as we said, this will be a fluid situation as the morning goes and the day goes. Longhorns are scheduled to play Rice tonight at seven o'clock at Moody Center. Uh, that story will develop absolutely, so, and hopefully everybody's okay. Uh, yes, family, family for, members. Yes. Well, I mean, at two o'clock in the morning, if there's a domestic alert and an urgent domestic alert, as according to, because the information we do have, and that's all we're going to go with right now. But a police spokesman, Brandon Jones for the APD, says it is alleged that Breard strangled a person at a home in Terrytown, which is assumed to be his. Officers responded to a 911 disturbance urgent call at 2:07 this morning. And that's when the arrest was made. He was booked at 418 this morning and is still there. So uh, that conversation will go. Also on the Longhorn front, on the better side of things, according to multiple reports now on the recruiting front, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian will have an in-home with the nation's number one linebacker, Denton Ryan five-star linebacker Anthony Hill, on Thursday of this week. And, of course, he is supposed to announce his uh, – remember, he was committed to the Aggies, Buck, and decommitted. And it's seen all signs point towards he's leaning Texas. Everybody we've talked to on the the national and local recruiting front believe that Anthony Hill from Denton wants to stay close to home. He wants to stay in the state of Texas, so it's probably a – because since he's decommitted, of course, everyone's come calling uh, on him, including Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia, all the usual suspects, Oklahoma. But uh, by all accounts, it looks like Texas still the leaders for a, a need position in a big way. Uh, Anthony Hill from Denton Ryan. So that story is out there as well this morning. And I also saw this, Buck. 
This is not surprising, but interesting nonetheless. Brett McMurphy at Stadium.com with this tweet this morning. 52 minutes ago, there is growing sentiment and momentum. And he put both of those words, growing sentiment and momentum, in quotes, meaning he's quoting sources, uh, for OU and Texas to leave the Big 12 early to join the SEC in 2024. Sources told the Action Network there still remains obstacles for it to occur, but, quote, the climate is right and decision could be reached by next month. And, you know, if you've been listening to this show, we've said that's the likely scenario. 24, yeah. 24 after next season. That's when the new 12-team playoff format goes into uh, into play. Obviously, the new teams will be had fully joined the Big 12 at that point, the new four, and maybe more potentially. And that we said January, once the season is over, you can expect momentum there. Uh, those negotiations will begin. But I think, as we've said, the, when he says climate is right, climate meaning I think the Big 12 is ready to move on. You know, whatever the negotiated settlement will be, Big 12 is ready to start their new life. Heck, they're excited. They just had a Heisman finalist from TCU, and they've got a Final Four team in TCU, and they're adding four new schools. And you know, now there's a 12-team playoff format that's coming. I think everybody's ready to uh, absolutely start anew. So not surprising, but interesting nonetheless with Brett McMurphy. Obviously not good news from the university. The statement once again from UT. The university is aware of the situation regarding Chris Beard. We are continuing to gather information and monitoring the legal process. And no, we're not doing a blitz today. But we, can we can we give credit to our buddy Scott Crossett and Apple Leasing? Let's hit that. I can I deleted it. My bad. I, I didn't oh, think we, we were going to play it. We I'll, give I'll Scott play his credit. It. We'll give we'll give we'll give him what his due. What's due? We love soon. we love us some Scott Crossett. Oh, Apple we Leasing. know. Believe us, we know you people. Yeah. Well, no, not today. Not today. Not today. No. What is that? Not up in here. No. It would just be ugly and probably should have canceled it last week when the Brittany Griner story oh, came down, gee. too. That would have been a good idea. And it's your fault. We you are know? censoring you people. That's right. You are now being censored by us. That's got to be scary. It's for the good of everyone. Yeah, it really is. Always for the good of the people. All right, we'll be back. We'll pick up these good, bad, and ugly stories and monitor also the Mike Leach situation. Uh, no new news, but, man, scary as it can be with the Mississippi State head coach. Get you the very, very latest on B&E.